1: More freedom for a man who killed his children. It
2: wouldn't surprise me in the next three to five months that we see that the child killer is out overnight
3: in uh, the Tri-Cities area.
1: Alan Schoenborn's request for unescorted leave and reaction from the victim's family. Also tonight, mask on, mask off. I am so ready. How British Columbians are facing life after face coverings.
4: Mine looks good. So I'm going to keep wearing it.
1: And a message to anti-mandate protesters.
3: And I would just say to these people, goodness me, get a hobby. Find something else to do with your time.
1: The Premier weighs in on the convoy heading for B.C.'s capital.
5: You're watching Global B.C. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: Good evening and thanks for joining us. We will get to those stories in just a moment. But first, we have breaking news to report. A shooting in the parking lot of a grocery store this afternoon in North Vancouver. Ahmad Agahi joins us from North Van with the latest on this. What are we learning right now, Ahmad?
6: Well, Sophie, the North Vancouver RCMP have confirmed that it was a fatal shooting that took place behind us in the parking lot of this superstore here on Seymour Boulevard. And now the integrated homicide investigation team has been deployed to investigate what has happened uh, here as well. But currently, there is still a lot of work being done behind us, Uh, a a large section, almost half of the parking lot is behind uh, yellow tape. And you could see uh, clothing items on the ground, a pair of boots uh, surrounded by evidence markers numbered up to more than a dozen now. There is particular attention being paid to a BMW sedan. It has its license plates hidden. Uh, It has actually made contact with the white SUV behind it. We are uh, expecting an update from the RCMP on the ground here with exactly what happened in minutes, but police did say that this took place uh, just before 3 o'clock. Multiple shots fired and officers uh, when they arrived at the scene found one adult male victim suffering from gunshot wounds and despite the efforts of the paramedics on scene to revive this victim uh, he had succumbed to his injuries at the scene
1: three in the afternoon imad i presumably it was quite busy in that parking lot at the time and hopefully a lot of witnesses to what happened what do we know at this point about a suspect
6: That will be the first question to the RCMP in just minutes here. We do not have information yet on a suspect, a potential getaway vehicle as well. Uh, But we did see earlier on today that the RCMP had one lane of traffic on the Ironworkers Memorial Bridge closed down and they were uh, actively speaking to vehicles as they were crossing and and the the drivers in those vehicles. Uh, But uh, we will be certainly learning more information within the hour And we'll get that to you as soon as
1: we can. Thanks for that, Ahmad. We'll check back with you when you get more. Details on this. Amada reporting in North Vancouver for us. Now we have more breaking news to tell you about. A B.C. man who killed his three children has been granted unescorted leave in the community for up to 28 days. The B.C. Review Board has approved Alan Schoenborn's latest request for unescorted leave. Schoenborn was found to have stabbed and smothered his 10-year-old daughter, and his five- and eight-year-old sons in 2008. But in 2010, he was ruled not criminally responsible due to a mental disorder. Since then, Schoenborn has been in custody at Colony Farm, and in March of 2020, he was declared eligible for unescorted day passes.
2: With Mr. Schoenborn, you have to remember that after he murdered his three children, he evaded law enforcement for over 10 days uh in the wilderness in uh, in merritt uh, british columbia so uh, there's no doubt in my mind that this is someone who does not want to be in custody and if he has an opportunity to to uh leave he will
1: according to the review board's decision each leave will require the approval of the hospital director when he's out on leave Schoenborn is not allowed to use drugs or alcohol or contact members of his victim's family Well, two years to the day after the World Health Organization declared the COVID-19 pandemic, British Columbians now no longer need to wear a face mask in most public indoor places. That's the first step in a gradual relaxation of provincial health restrictions. But as Paul Johnson reports tonight, not everyone is comfortable with the loosening restrictions.
5: B.C. unmasked. And one of the first places we're getting a sense of reaction is public transit. I am
1: so ready. I've been ready for a long time. If
7: it makes somebody feel uncomfortable, then I'll put it on, you know, whatever works.
5: While many felt a sense of long overdue liberation at the stroke of midnight, if transit's any guide, there's still a vast number of British Columbians feeling much more cautious. Some buses and SkyTrain cars appear to have the majority of riders still masked up elsewhere in business and commercial districts you'll still find a lot of outdoor mask wearers and inside stores we visited it appeared about a third to half of customers had dropped the masks though many companies clearly have a policy that staff will remain masked as for what's guiding decision making many tell us they're just going with their gut how much longer do you think you'll still wear the mask for I mean, until I
6: feel safer, I guess.
5: Over at Bishop's Family Cycles in Victoria, they're keeping firm with their mask rule for the foreseeable future. They say it makes sense with a customer base that includes a lot of families with young and unvaccinated children, as well as a powerful personal reason.
4: My son is is very ill and he's currently receiving treatment. And so he's especially vulnerable to COVID.
5: Yet another reason for judgy activist types to think twice before criticizing somebody else's preference on masks.
8: Well, it's been two years. I'm comfortable wearing the mask.
5: And another factor at play is apparently just plain old habit. This far in, it's practically muscle memory for a lot of us. And then there's this.
4: Mine looks good. So I'm going to keep wearing it. I think you look great. Thanks.
5: Paul Johnson, Global News.
1: All right, let's return to our top story. A shooting this afternoon in a parking lot of a grocery store in North Vancouver is now a homicide investigation. A live press conference just about to get underway with North Van RCMP Sergeant Peter DeVries. There he is, the microphone.
4: My name is Sergeant Peter DeVries. I'm with the RCMP here in North Vancouver. Uh, just after 2:45 this afternoon, uh, we received a report of shots fired in the parking lot here of the uh, Superstore in North Vancouver. Uh, officers arrived at the scene to find one male victim of gunshot wounds. Uh, sadly, that victim has deceased is deceased as a result of those uh, injuries. Uh, the Ho- Integrated Homicide Investigation Team has been called in, and they are assuming conduct of this investigation in partnership with the North Vancouver RCMP. Uh, We are still in the evidence gathering phase at this point and we're asking if anyone has any information about this crime to contact the IHIT uh, tip line and any further uh, media inquiries about this will be handled by uh, Detective Corporal Suki Desi from the uh, IHIT team. Uh, We understand this is a very upsetting event for people particularly who live in this neighbourhood. North Vancouver is a safe community but these types of incidents can be very alarming. Um, we want the public to know that the RCMP has at its disposal a, a vast array of resources to deal with incidents like this, including the uh, Integrated Homicide Investigation Team, which is comprised of officers from across the Lower Mainland, both RCMP and Municipal. Uh, you'll see behind me here there are some members from our Integrated uh, uh, Forensic Identification section who are here processing the scene. Uh, the RCMP also has at its disposal the uh, the combined forces special enforcement unit of BC, who uh, who are available to assist. We've had uh, Air One was up, the RCMP airship was up uh, when this incident unfolded, assisting officers who were responding to the scene. We want people to know that that uh, North Vancouver is safe, but we understand that this is very alarming. Uh, the investigation will continue from this point. We're still very early uh, in the early stages of this investigation, and. Uh, we we do uh, send our condolences today to the to the family of the victim. This this is a tragedy.
9: Is the shooter still at large?
4: Uh, yes, we are still actively looking for a suspect.
6: Peter, you mentioned the CFSCU. Is this a gang-related incident? Do you know this?
4: At this point, uh, I'm not able to confirm whether it's uh, gang-related, but certainly... Uh, it, we know from the investigative theory at this point that this does not appear to be a target, or this does not to be, appear to be a random incident. Uh, so uh, the investigation will unfold from here, and, and those details will become clear as, as days and weeks move forward. Do
6: you have any information on a vehicle um, that you may be looking for? We uh, heard there were police on the Iron Workers Memorial Bridge earlier today as well. There was a police incident at that seat.
4: Yeah, certainly frontline responding officers uh, would have, um, you know, tried to, to uh, stop traffic as we often do when there's a, a serious crime that happens in North Vancouver. Uh, at this point, I have no details to provide about any descriptions of any vehicles. Uh, but certainly we had, as I said, we had uh, many resources, including our, our airship, Air One, which was up uh, helping us uh, at, at the, the front end response to this. And um, But at this time, I don't have any further details about that.
1: All right, that's Sergeant Peter DeVries DeVries from North Vancouver RCMP holding a press conference uh, at this hour, talking about a fatal shooting in a grocery store parking lot at about 3.45 this afternoon. One man uh, is dead. The Integrated Homicide Investigation Team has been called in and is working with North Van RCMP on the case. As you heard from Sergeant DeVries, uh, they don't believe this is random, but they have not uh, officially tied this to any gang activity on the Lower Mainland and uh, they are very early on in their investigation. But as far as we know, at this point, no suspect is in custody and they have not released to us any description of a suspect vehicle or suspect. So we'll keep on top of that story. We'll bring you more details as they become available. And Jordan Armstrong will have the latest tonight on BC1 and on Global News at 11. All right, let's return to the pandemic here in BC and the latest COVID-19 case numbers in this province. There are 368 people in hospital now, and that is down by 20. 46 of those patients are in the ICU, which is the lowest critical care number since mid-August. There have been three more deaths due to complications of the virus. That includes one person in their 40s, and we have 288 confirmed new cases recorded in the last 24 hours. Well, the province is backing off on one of its COVID-19 orders. Extended health care workers are no longer required to be vaccinated. Instead, they must report their vaccination status by the end of the month. As Richard Zussman reports, the change is causing some confusion for those involved.
10: Left hip out.
2: Vaccination status Left hip out. backtrack.
8: Dr. Henry, she was strongly committed to the proposal to uh, impose vaccine requirements, and she expressed that. But uh, for the moment, I think, um, she's taken and we've taken a step back.
2: Chiropractors, dental hygienists, dentists, massage therapists, naturopaths, occupational therapists, optometrists, pharmacists, physiotherapists, and more were told they would have to get vaccinated against COVID-19 to work. Now, more than 40,000 workers only need to report their vaccination status, by March 31st. And it's even unclear how that will work.
3: And the College for Naturopathic Physicians and, and I believe other health professional colleges are telling their registrants, don't do anything at the moment, just sit tight.
2: What the associations representing these workers are also grappling with is what comes next. There's no guidance from the province on what happens once the data is collected. There's really very little
10: in this order that explains what the purpose is, how how it's going to work even why this is happening yeah
2: yeah the province says patients will have informed consent meaning you will know after march 31st if your medical professional is vaccinated or not that's raising questions as well
3: we do know that there are serious privacy issues disclosure of your medical status to uh, others and whether that might be made public or not
2: Those working in acute care and long-term care still have to be vaccinated to work. And the province says backing off a mandate for extended health care sector doesn't mean fired workers who refuse to get the shot will be hired back. We can be confident
8: that in B.C., unlike other places, all of our health care workers in our public health care system, in our hospitals, in our long-term care homes, all of them are vaccinated. There's also another difference between acute
2: care and the extended system. The province says while you are still required to wear a mask in hospitals and long-term care, the extended health care system is different, like physio, pharmacists. There, it will be up to the individual health professional to decide if they wear a mask. Richard was Global News, Victoria.
1: Well, some strong words from the Premier today. Ahead of claims, the trucker convoy is headed to Victoria next week. Keith Baldry joins us with more. Keith, John Horgan has a suggestion for the convoy participants.
11: Yeah, pretty strong language from the Premier today. We have no idea whether this convoy will actually materialize on Monday. All we've got so far is some guy on Facebook uh, making the claim there. But the Premier again today, uh, yes, it fell off. Shoot. Sorry, folks, my microphone fell off there, a bit of technical trouble. The Premier again making a very strong language today that the trucker convoy that may materialize or may not materialize on Monday is not welcome here, and he basically has a strong message for people involved in this,
3: basically, get a life. And I would just say to these people, goodness me, get a hobby, find something else to do with your time. Uh, We are removing restrictions at a pace that is consistent with the work we've done for the past two years. Uh, And 94% of adults in British Columbia are vaccinated. So we are spending an awful lot of time with a small group of people who seem to have nothing better to do with their time but to drive around in circles honking their horns. I wish they'd take some time to watch television and see the evening news about real tragedies and real disruptions in freedom that are going on in Europe right now. Give your head a shake finds a better way to take your energies and put it to positive outcomes. So, again, pretty strong language
11: from the Premier. Talk to security people today, though. They're not really expecting a a big presence on Monday from trucks coming over from the lower mainland. We do see trucks coming down from Upper Island on Saturday. But, again, right now the police say they have a plan. They're not going to allow an occupation in any way, shape, or form come Monday or any time in the near future at all.
1: We'll see what happens on Monday. Keith, thank you, and you can take your mic off for real now. City of Vancouver says it's streamlining its application process for outdoor patios following what it says is feedback from the restaurant industry. Much of that feedback was undoubtedly over this. As we reported last week, the city had issued a 34-page guide for applying to make temporary pandemic patios permanent. The Restaurant Association called that tone deaf at a time when the industry is struggling to recover. The city says the new process is simpler with changes including easier drawing requirements and more flexibility in transferring capacity from indoor to outdoor.
5: I, mean, I think that you know, c- cities tend to get into their own mechanics and they start to understand things through their eyes and I think Again, the city of Vancouver listened to the business community and listened to our suggestions, and they found out that we were completely lined together. And so I was quite surprised they made uh, these changes as easy as they did.
1: Tostenson says the new streamlined process will save restaurants about $3,000 in the application process. A Nanaimo man knocked unconscious by an egg.
7: At first, I thought I got hit by a rock or something.
1: The serious injuries he still struggles with weeks later and who police are looking for next on the News Hour. Closing in on Kyiv, Russian forces intensify their bombardment of Ukraine later. Also tonight, the war in Ukraine takes a bite out of a Vancouver business Why the Russian spoon has temporarily changed its name. Right now, though, a Surrey woman has now launched a civil lawsuit naming the Delta police chief and his wife as respondents. Kieran Sidhu is a teacher who says Lorraine Dubord sprayed her with a hose who touched her fence. Catherine Urquhart has the story. And a note, none of these claims has been proven in court. Delta police chief Neil Dubord and his wife Lorraine are being sued.
10: The B.C. Supreme Court lawsuit comes nearly two years after an incident outside their Centennial Beach home. The lawsuit was filed because
12: there was a lack of a sense of justice being accomplished through the criminal system.
10: Richmond teacher Kieran Sidhu said she was caught by a quickly rising tide, forcing her to climb the rocks outside their house and touch their fence, she said Lorraine DuBourg taunted her about her weight, then sprayed her with a hose. She said, I should spray you with my hose. And I said, that would be assault. like I very clearly said that to her. And she went and got her hose and sprayed me in the face. Sudhu's friends then confronted Lorraine DuBord. That is assault. Spray that head with the hose and turned the hose on. The civil claim alleges the act was racially motivated. The lawsuit lists the plaintiff's injuries as general and aggravated. Emotional distress, injury to feelings and dignity and anxiety and long-term psychological It seeks damages, including for pain and suffering, loss of earnings, and loss of income earning capacity.
12: WCB recognizes bullying, and bullying is defined as harassment and intimidation. And when we look at what Ms. Sidhu encountered, it's her allegation that that was a form of harassment and intimidation.
10: An RCMP investigation recommended an assault charge against Lorraine DuBourg, Prosecutors chose alternative measures, an option sometimes allowed if a person accepts responsibility and makes amends. So far, the Dubords have not responded to the
1: lawsuit. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. A man is still recovering from what may have been a prank gone wrong in Nanaimo last month. 37-year-old James Chapman was standing at a bus stop on Uplands Drive on the evening of February 25th when he was struck in the head with an egg and knocked unconscious. The egg was thrown from the passenger side of a small, dark-colored vehicle that had been passing by. Chapman has limited memory of what happened and continues to have cognitive issues.
7: It felt like something, like really a hard-boiled egg hitting me like and knocking me like this, like sideways and hitting the cement.
8: So we're hoping the people who did it, they may have not realized the significance of it, to step up, and we need to talk to them to find out exactly what happened. They have to take responsibility.
1: If you have any information, you are asked to contact Nanaimo RCMP. Just ahead, seeking safety from the war. I want him to grow up in a place that's safe. A BC woman's quest to bring family here from Ukraine and the bureaucracy getting in the way.
10: Final clearing stages of a multi-vehicle crash here in Surrey, affecting westbound Fraser Highway at 140th Street. Through a new charitable partnership between Kermac Cares for Kids and Surrey Memorial Hospital, when you choose Kermac Collision and Autoglass, you also support the Surrey Memorial Children's Health Centre. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One, high above a crash in Surrey.
1: Now to the invasion of Ukraine. Russia is widening its offensives, attacking airfields in the west and a major industrial city in the east. And as Aaron MacArthur reports, residents of the capital city of Kiev are bracing for the worst, but still defiant.
7: The war now on the doorstep of Ukraine's capital. Civilians just kilometers from Kiev's central areas fleeing fearful of what could happen. This woman says the snipers have set up in her apartment building. They're shooting towards my son's house. Steve's mayor says there may be as many as 2 million people still in the city. The former pro-boxer Saying the city is prepared.
9: Target is capital of Ukraine.
7: Target is Kyiv. We are ready to defend our city.
11: 412,
2: 412.
7: What is likely coming next for Kyiv is what has happened across the country. Indiscriminate bombing by Russian forces continued Friday. People in Dnipro, in central Ukraine, endured nighttime shelling that left a residential block obliterated, a shoe factory, and kindergarten targeted. This public affairs soldier says there's only one commentary possible here. It's a continuation of fighting by terrorist methods. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky continues to use his social media channels to get information out to the world, detailing efforts to evacuate people from conflict zones and accusing Russians of a false flag attack in southern Belarus. Ukrainian forces continue to hold ground around Kyiv. Russian tank columns are said to be moving towards surrounding the capital. Developments that are pointing to a bleak outlook for the people who have remained behind. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
1: A B.C. woman says despite government assurances that bringing Ukrainian refugees to Canada will be expedited, the process is still cumbersome and confusing. As Romina Dea reports, she says she was getting nowhere in trying to get her nephew's wife and her son out of Poland until she was lucky enough to find some expert help.
13: Millions of Ukrainians on the move, hunting for safe haven. In the crushing crowds, seven year old Timur Boretz, who finally makes it to the Polish border.
14: I want to see
13: my aunt in Canada. Uh, I'll do the best I can to take care of you. Michelle Petrusevich promising her nephew she is trying so hard to bring him and his mother, Lena to Canada. But navigating the federal government's online application process has been supremely frustrating. There's nothing. There's no clarity. No clarity. No. It's, it needs to be streamlined. Petrusovich now receiving help pro bono from Alex Taitov. Around 40 emails yeah, last, last night. Okay. 20 employees from immigration law firm Any Visa now volunteering their time. Don't panic. Alex Taitov says one of the quickest ways to get loved ones out is by applying for a special visitor's visa, which allows for a two-year stay in Canada.
5: A lot of people are confused right now, and they walking around like in the dark, and they don't know what to do. If you already left the war zone, Don't panic now. Get assessment of your situation. If we advise you, you can apply, you will apply, and we will help you for free because that's what we do.
13: Timur and his mother grateful to the Polish strangers sheltering them while the little boy's dad fights for his country. It's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Petrusevich trying to stay strong as the process of bringing her loved ones to Canada drags
1: on. Romina Dea, Global News. Still to come, putting the brakes on a popular bike race. Why, the Tour de Delta has been canceled.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
10: Good evening. Traffic is steady in both directions here tonight at the Alex Fraser Bridge with just a little bit of leftover volume eastbound on the east-west connector through Richmond. Get best-in-class protection and savings with BCAA insurance. Learn more at bcaa.com. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Alex Fraser Bridge.
1: An agreement has been signed between the Songhees First Nation and the city of Victoria that's being hailed as an important step toward reconciliation. The city providing a formal letter acknowledging Victoria is built on the traditional homeland of the Lekwungen-speaking peoples. The letter also formalizes the city's support for the Songhees in ongoing treaty negotiations with the governments of B.C. and Canada.
11: I think it signals to the province, mainly because that's who we have to deal with here in the city, that it isn't an obstacle, if you want to look at it that way, because it's always viewed, you know, how a municipality is going to react to TSL, treaty settlement land, in their jurisdiction or in their municipality. But now with this letter of support, I think it's going to help move the province along in a in a more speedier fashion hopefully concluding a treaty. It's going to help us big time.
1: The ongoing treaty process was begun 25 years ago. And as part of the settlement, the Songhees are in negotiations to acquire several properties within the city. Well, as we approach the six-year anniversary of B.C. drug deaths being declared a public health emergency... The crisis is only getting worse. The province reporting more than 200 British Columbians died in January as a result of the toxic illicit drug supply. That's almost seven deaths a day. And it's the fourth consecutive month that more than 200 lives were lost. Kamloops now ranks third behind Vancouver and Surrey. The highest death rate per capita, though, is in northern health. Almost three-quarters of those dying are men between the ages of 30 and 59.
3: In order for us to truly make uh, progress here, we need to destigmatize uh, drug use. We need to stig- destigmatize mental health issues so that people will come forward and seek advice, and seek help, and seek counsel, uh, rather than uh, being alone, uh, using uh, without wanting to uh, uh, alert their families, their friends, their employers.
1: Just ahead, a Vancouver eatery targeted for its name. Oh, I feel unsafe. Uh, I feel. Uh Um, I feel for my employee. Why they feel forced to take the Russian out of Russian spoon. And later in sports, how tonight's Canucks game against the Capitals will be a reunion of sorts for Bruce Boudreaux.
8: You're watching Global News Hour at 6.
1: The city of Delta is pulling the plug on this year's Tour de Delta the race has not been run in the streets of delta since 2019 cancelled because of the pandemic it was part of bc super week a professional racing circuit on the lower mainland but uncertainty over sponsorship international travel even whether athletes would participate have all combined to cast a shadow of doubt on this year's race the city spent $300,000 to host the tour in 2019 making it the city's most costly annual event. This year, council has decided it's not worth the risk, even reconsidering the city's long-term commitment to the tour. All right, let's bring in meteorologist Christy Gordon for a look at that weather forecast. It uh, seems that winter is not quite done with us yet, Christy.
12: No, we saw a little bit of snow. By the way, I just wanted to mention to anyone who was watching yesterday, I'm sorry that I yawned on air. That was a little bit of a mishap. Uh, but yeah, Sophie, we saw a little bit of snow, mainly SFU higher elevations, a couple of flakes across the lower mainland, thankfully not impacting the commute. Most areas saw just rain. But boy, was it cold today with highs of only 5 degrees across the lower mainland. That's 6 degrees below seasonal. And with the rain, ew, it is tough. Here's a quick look at what we're expecting as we start off spring break for a lot of kids. Uh, we are expecting the rain to continue overnight. You can see a pulse of it across the region tomorrow morning. So it'll come and go throughout the day tomorrow, but nonetheless, Saturday certainly looking like a wet one. We are expecting snow across the mountain passes. I'll show you how much in a second, but Sunday we will start to see things ease off. But we're not done with this moisture just yet. It's going to be one thing over after another over the next several days. At least the, mild, the flow will be mild. So we're going to be back up to about 10 degrees. Uh, we're talking about 15 to 25 millimeters for our region tonight and tomorrow much harder hit uh, region will be across the west coast of vancouver island and again Uh, If you're traveling this evening, expect snow on the mountain passes and even through the day tomorrow. Not a lot, but certainly still winter driving. So be uh, careful and make sure you have the proper tires. Across the northern sections, milder conditions pushing in, thankfully, and that's the case across the south. Back to double-digit weather in some areas. We'll see some breaks of blue sky through the interior, but for the south coast, mainly cloudy with periods of rain on and off and windy conditions expected across the island. Uh, Sunday, it's only about a 40% chance of showers. Don't forget we change our clocks early Sunday morning so that means we lose an hour's sleep but Sunday evening the sunset will happen at 7.15 so nice and bright well into the evening which will be great but with spring break ahead that is not a great forecast. As a parent that is tough times I will tell you tricky to keep the kids happy in that type of weather. Here's a look at your central windows weather window from Hartley Bay if you're wondering that's just on the coast um, west of Kitimat thank you to Nicole Robertson for robinson for that one beautiful shot there, looking out over the bay so back to you
1: another beautiful part of bc thank you christy a vancouver restaurant says it has come under fire because of its name the russian spoon bakery downtown has spent two weeks now raising money for children in ukraine but now as kylie stanton reports they've had to take precautions because of online harassment
8: six piece pierogies for me please
1: the
9: dish is tedious and complex There's the filling, then the dough, holding it all together.
1: Everybody loves brogis.
9: But in recent weeks, it's become clear many don't feel the same way about the people making them.
1: We feel um,
9: a lot of tension around us right now. I feel unsafe. Natalia Mitrofanova's Russian Spoon Bakery has been the target of threats and harassment following the Russian invasion of Ukraine.
1: We have bad emails of swearing, we
9: have bad phone calls. So bad it's forced the eatery to take precautions, covering up the word Russian in its signage in an effort to deter any conflict.
1: They heard the Russian, they nervous.
9: The difficult emotion stemming from Russia's war on Ukraine is materializing in different ways. I'm upset. On Saturday, the Vancouver Russian Community Centre was vandalized. Blue and yellow paint thrown onto the entrance, rattling. The community. We should not have this. And now that community Thank you so much. is doing its part to turn things around. This is what we do. The Russian Spoon Bakery is donating $1 from every borscht, piroshki cabbage roll, and pierogi meal to the UNICEF Ukraine Emergency Funds. The fundraiser is ongoing, but an event during Friday's Lunch Rush was dedicated to rallying customers to show their support. What's happening to them, being the target of these attacks, is completely unacceptable. Russians should not be discriminated against. They are not to blame for that war. Putin is. Thank you kindly. The plan is to keep going until everything okay. here is sold out.
8: It's just horrible. I don't know what's happening to people in Ukraine and you know, it's companies like this always support it. And it's
9: those words that have the power to trump the hate. Thank you guys. Thank you customers. Making it a little easier to keep going and like their pierogies, hold it all together. Kelly Stanton, Global News.
1: Well, now I want
15: pierogies. If you can make them without potatoes, I'll join you.
1: Oh, we could probably do that. Okay. I'm sure there's a version. There's got to
15: be another way. There's, there yeah, has to be another way. For sure. Okay. So, love him or hate him, Alex Ovechkin is one of the greatest hockey players who has ever lived. And tonight, he's in Vancouver.
8: They only come around once in a blue moon. And uh, uh, Alex
15: is a special person. And while he's in Vancouver, he will try to uh, continue to move up the all-time goal-scoring list.
1: Also ahead tonight, Squire does double duty. Satellite debris is coming up. Avocados
14: from mexico They're always in season, so you can enjoy them all year long. Anybody want to feed Scott
1: All right, Squire is here with a look at sports. Okay. What is happening? I know that there will be a lot. I tried to get home the other night um, on a Canucks game night and it was just not happening
15: because people can go in again
1: i know all of them can go and they're in winning
15: so people this love good. this is
1: this is good this is people good love when they win
15: uh, but they are very sorry they caused you to yeah. be late getting home uh no matter what you think of alex ovechkin and his choice of friends he is still one of the greatest players the game of hockey has ever seen. Right now, he's tied for third with Yeramir Yager for most goals ever scored in the NHL. He's 35 behind Gordy Howe. He's 128 behind Wayne Gretzky. He and the Capitals are in town tonight. It's a tough matchup for the Canucks, but they did beat Washington on the road this season, maybe because Bruce Boudreau has some inside knowledge about
8: them. Well, tonight's opposition is certainly familiar to Canucks head coach Bruce Boudreau. He was the Capitals head coach for four seasons from 2007 through 2011. And just before he took the Canucks head coaching job, he was the color analyst on Capitals television broadcast. So he's very familiar with the team and, of course, with their superstar Alex Ovechkin, who begins the night tied with Yarmir Yager for third on the all-time NHL goals list it's going to happen. It's just a question of well, hope it happens in Seattle uh, or, or whoever they play next. I just really don't want to see it tonight, which probably means he's going to get two. It's amazing. He's,
5: um, <laughs> everybody knows he has a good one-timer, but still he has like 270-something or 80 power play goals. So he um, doesn't need as many chances, so it's pretty pretty impressive.
8: Of course, Ovechkin is also in the spotlight for his stance or lack of it on the Russian invasion of Ukraine and his relationship with Vladimir Putin. Ovechkin only spoke once to the media a couple of weeks ago and was fairly vague in his responses, many saying because he fears repercussions to his wife and family still living in Russia. Ovechkin was booed by fans in Calgary and Edmonton earlier this week. Sorry, but I'm not going to talk about that. I, I have no idea what he's going through. I've never been through anything like it, so I couldn't even put myself
3: in his shoes. There's support for Alex in our room. Um, he's a hockey player. Um, you know, all the Russian players are in a tough, tough situation. Nobody will be able to control what happens in the, the building if that happens. Um, but there's a lot of support for him in our room.
8: Regardless of the political situation, Alex Ovechkin is just one shot away from more NHL history.
11: It's special to to be a part of, and certainly fun. I think uh, that's that's the main thing is um, you know just the people behind him and the friendships that we have, and um, you know the the history that he created that we get to uh, enjoy with him.
8: They only come around once in a blue moon, and uh, uh, Alex is a special person.
15: Okay, this is a team the Canucks could catch if things keep going the way they're going. Uh, the Golden Knights are four points up on the Canucks. They're third in the Pacific. They're in Pittsburgh tonight. And Sidney Crosby sets up the first goal by Mike Matheson. One more look. Laurent in goal because Robin Leonard is hurt right now. So that doesn't help uh, Vegas either. However, they do have uh, Mr. Eichel in the lineup. It was 2-2 at one point, And then, as you just saw with the score... Pittsburgh pulled away. Mark Friedman gets one. That's good news for the Canucks. The Canucks now at the moment have two games in hand on Vegas and they're four back. The Canucks have signed forward Arshdeep Baines to an entry-level contract. He's from Surrey, but he has played his entire Western Hockey League career in Red Deer. Right now he is the leading scorer in the WHL. He has 30 goals and 52 assists. This will be his final year of junior. He's always been able to score wherever he's played. But the feeling is the rest of his game has developed to the point where he is now a legitimate professional prospect. He, along with Vernon's Ben King, have been the leaders on Red Deer this year. And Red Deer could do something in the upcoming Western Hockey League playoffs. This is BC Boy's AAA semifinal action. Number one, St. Patrick against A.R. McNeil. St. Patrick is a tough team to beat, and they were tonight. Josh Bahina with a basket there. Joey Pang Hulin goes all the way as well, and St. Patrick's in the final against Elgin Park, 91-61 over McNeil. Well, rain stopped today's action, a lot of rain at the Flares Championship. It stopped at early, so the first round is still not done because they had rain on Thursday as well. That means they won't finish this tournament until Monday at best. The weather is supposed to dry out tomorrow, but it will be very, very windy.
1: Are they squeegeeing the
15: greens? When they're squeegeeing the
1: greens, you know there's trouble. That's bad. All right. Thank you, Squire. And stick around. Satellite debris is up next. Avocados from Mexico.
15: I don't usually say anything about people's wardrobe, but you're wearing <laughs> Star Wars shoes.
1: I am. They are um, Vans. Yeah, it's very Should cool. Take them off. No, no. That, oh, oh, you're going
15: to show the well, audience. Well, because. I guess I shouldn't have said it. There. there you go. Oh, there. That's nice. Yeah, old school. Nice. They're really
1: old. It's yeah. probably gross that nice. I'm doing this, but.
15: Yeah. Well, they're very clean <laughs> for being that old. Okay, this is a little bit older too. A couple of years ago, but because the Washington Capitals are in town, I remembered this kid, and we ran him. He's hilarious. Here we go.
5: The double goal scorer, number seven, Jackson
6: Friedlander.
10: Thanks, Wes. That's right, guys. Make some noise
2: for Jackson here. Jackson, you were on fire out there tonight. How did it feel to play on that big ice? All I wanted is to have some speed and have fun. Hockey, always remember, hockey's not about winning. It's always about fun. I love it, you guys. He's like a little motivational speaker down here. You might have some coaching in your future, I think. Now, I got to know, who's your favorite Caps player? It's Ovechkin and always. I have a tarantula named Michael.
15: He's a curly hair. He just had two crickets on Monday, one on Sunday.
0: He has
2: a big appetite. Awesome. I love it. I think you could talk with us all day. But before we keep the conversation going, you scored two goals out there. And guess what? We're going to watch
13: him on that big screen. You ready?
2: Yeah! I'm so excited, I'm like
15: seriously excited, I'm kind of shy, but mostly excited and courageous. He's kind of shy, shy, but he's mostly excited and courageous.
1: Oh, boy. He's a lot of things. And he's got a tarantula in him, Michael. Who,
15: yeah, who eats <laughs> two crickets a day. Uh, okay, this is from Omega. It's not funny, but it's, uh, it's, it's quite clever. And it, it incorporates all the things they've been involved in over the years, starting with James Bond. you that's said, that's good, advertising. that's good
14: advertising. So is this out avocados from Mexico. Behold the bounty of Earth. This is the cube of Rubik. This simple puzzle was actually considered unsolvable by the humans. <laughs> Did they not have brains? Um, simple ones. Now, this was apparently a 21st century torture device. How long would they keep them strapped in there? Sometimes hours at a time. Pretty gruesome. <laughs> And over here we have their alphabet. It was called emoji. Few symbols could express the vast extent of their emotion. Uh, they had chia pets, just like we do. And this is the white and gold dress that caused the Civil War. This is Scott Bayo. But most amazing of all are the avocados from Mexico. They're always in season, so you can enjoy them all year long. Anybody want to feed Scott Bayo? It's included in the price of admission.
1: No? <laughs> I mean, double-dipped. He'll, he'll regenerate.
14: No, he won't. He was a quad mogret. Avocados from Mexico. <laughs> yes, it is your favorite.
1: All right, that is all the time oh. we have. I can't even give the last word to Christy, so I'll take it. I'm back next Friday, everyone. Have a great weekend.